Your top stories on Blitz this hour. Tottenham edge Southampton in a FA Cup thriller. Chippa United dump TS Galaxy out of the Netbank Cup. The latest Super Rugby news ahead of Round 2. Stage 2 action from the inaugural Saudi Tour. And the European Tour heads to Australia. A fast and flat 187 km second stage of the inaugural Saudi Tour cycling race awaited riders from Saudi's castle to Al-Bujairi with stage winner and former world champion Rui Costa looking to build on his impressive first stage win. The stage would also be set up for a sprint finish as the last 80 km sported a downward ride profile. The leading attackers, which included Joel Nicolau Beltran and Angel Fuentes Paniego, who claimed the most points on the intermediate active sprint early on, opened up a near six-minute gap over the peloton with 70 kilometers to go. The peloton, however, would cut this lead to just over four minutes with 62 kilometers to go. It took the peloton 60 kilometers to get within touching distance of the leaders, but NTT Pro Cycling South African rider Reinhard Janssen Varensburg's clash with Costa caused a massive pileup. Mark Cavendish, who was part of the pileup, made a quick recovery to catch the chasing peloton within minutes. The team set their trains up for the final sprint, with Cavendish setting up Heinrich Hausler for a surprise chase for the finish line. Nicola Bonifacio of Total Direct Energy, ranked 114th, however, stayed in the slip behind Hausler to power his way to a surprise win on stage two. The Saudi tour continues with stage three, a short but hilly one from King Saud University to Al-Bujairi. You can catch all the action live on your World of Champions. For the second time on the 2020 Race to Dubai, we journey way south. You see, hard on the heels of the Australian PGA Championship in December, there's another trip down under. Yes, with victory in Victoria comes a European Tour title, as the ISPS hander Vic Open is contested at 13th Beach Golf Club. Melbourne and its surrounds are renowned for countless outstanding courses, and the two beauties to be employed at this week's venue, the beach and the creek, are both stunning and award-winning. As the name suggests, these are coastal, undulating gems on the Bellarine Peninsula, and it's the creek designed by Tony Cashmore and Sir Nick Faldo that'll be in play for all four rounds. The number 13 is widely associated with bad luck, but everyone who gets to tackle 13th Beach should feel very fortunate indeed. Australia is the next destination for the European Tour as golfers compete in the ISPS Hander Vic Open. Catch it all live on Supersport. The PGA Tour next heads to Pebble Beach Golf Links for the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. You can catch every shot live on your World of Champions. The second day of the Supersport Ladies Challenge hosted by Sun International again provided excellent scoring conditions for Round 2. Tandy McCullum has returned this season with a bang. A first round 67 could not be replicated, but a solid 71 leaves on six under, one shot off the lead. 
Lejean Leithwaite is finding her stride this week after a fifth-placed finish in the Mother City last week. She shot 66 in the first round and followed that up with a solid 71, an unfortunate double bogey at 17 costing her the outright lead, but a 7-under pass score still good enough for a place in the final group. The final round, which will be played at the Gary Player Country Club on Thursday, sees Nobutlet Lamini continue her fine form following up from gaining her ladies' European tour card early last week and a second-placed finish in Cape Town. After two rounds, she scarred 68-69 and 69 to lie on 7-under with Luthwaite. I've had a good two days so far. Um, weather conditions are really good. It's not too hot. Um, I'm hitting the ball good. And just playing well. I mean, I had uh, seven birdies, no drop shots, over 36 holes, so I'm quite happy. Ross Taylor struck his 21st 100 to guide New Zealand to a four-wicket win over India in the first ODI in Hamilton. Taylor, who finished on 109 not out, came in at 109 for two and anchored the chase as the Black Caps overhauled India's impressive 347 for four with 11 balls left. The host, whitewashed 5-0 in a T20 series which featured two super over defeats, suffered another late wobble slipping from 228 for four to 231 for six before Taylor whipped the winning single. Uh, yeah, obviously it's always nice to win and um, you know, losing in a clean sweep in the 2020 but all we talked about was um, obviously new personnel coming in and there was obviously you know no hangover for them. Um, I'm sure it must play on your mind a little bit, you're, you're a human and um, you know towards the end then we lose, lost a couple of wickets but at the same time I think you know we just, our last game was a World Cup final. Uh, a lot of guys have played in a lot of pressure situations. Um, probably a little bit more experience in this side than the 2020 side. And I think that, sh that showed, but it's only one game. Um, still a long way to go in this series and, and the summer, but um, it's always nice to just get that monkey off the back, so to speak. The loss was particularly devastating for Shriyas Ayer. This after the Indian batsman scored his maiden ODI century. Ayer departed for 107 ball, 103, but it was the overall result which overtook his emotions. Oh, we just sat and everybody... They were in their own zone. It didn't matter, to be honest, because it's just a loss and we've faced that before as well in our life. It's not that we are facing it for the first time. So everybody is in their normal zone and uh, it's not something that hasn't happened before. And we've got that confidence in our team uh, and in ourselves personally that we are going to bounce back strong and we have done it in the past. So. You just got to take the positives from this game and move forward. Next on the agenda for New Zealand and India is the second of their three ODIs. And the action from Auckland comes to you live on your World of Champions. The Proteas started the ODI series against world champions England with an impressive seven-wicket win at Newlands thanks to a 3-for-38 bowling spell by Tabariz Shamsi and a captain's knock by the man of the match, Quinton de Kock, who reached his 15th limited over century and 98 by Temba Babuma in a 259-run chase. The partnership of 173 between de Kock and Babuma after the early loss of Riza Hendricks set the Proteas on their way to take the lead in the three-match series. Uh, South Africa completely outplayed us today in all departments. Um, we've got no excuses. We, we didn't adapt to the conditions today that were set in front of us. We knew it wasn't going to be an absolute run fest. But every batsman apart from, I suppose, Joe Denley and Chris Wokes really struggled to get going, um, which probably emphasises that we are a little bit rusty. But South Africa 
bowled well, bowled accurately, used conditions really well with slower balls, and uh, the partnership between um, De Kock and Bavuma, we, we couldn't penetrate. So it, it made things very difficult for us, um, but full credit to them, they've started the series really well. I think this week we had one or two chats about how we want to take this ODR team going forward, and I think today was a good start of it. Um, and yeah, just really proud of the boys. They came out, we spoke a lot, and there's one thing speaking about it and bringing it out to the field, and today we did it, and I'm really pleased about it. The second ODI between the Proteas and England takes place in Durban. The action is live on your World of Champions Supersport. South Africa Under-19 were looking to end off on a high at the Under-19 World Cup when the host nation took on Afghanistan in the seventh place playoff in Benoni. South Africa won the toss and chose to bat first, but their smiles soon turned to frowns as wickets tumbled at regular intervals in the opening stages. The South Africans then lost Jonathan Bird, who had to retire after being struck on the elbow, which really hurt their chances of a comeback. Afghanistan's bowling units were simply superior on the day, as they eventually bowled out South Africa for 154, with Shafikula once again being the pick of the bunch, finishing with figures of 4 for 15. The Asian star then made a flying start, with the opening partnership yielding 51 runs. Bryce Parsons then broke that stand as he combined with Kanya Kotani to get South Africa's first wicket. The South Africans produced a few moments of magic in the field with Montli Kumalo and Bryce Parsons taking some superb catches, but it wasn't enough to lead the fight back as Afghanistan registered a comfortable win. Ibrahim was outstanding for Afghanistan as he hit the winning runs, finishing on 73 not out, Afghanistan sealing a 5-wicket win. As a result, the Asian side finished 7th at the Under-19 World Cup, South Africa finishing 8th. The Under-19 outfits of New Zealand and Bangladesh will meet in the second semi-final of the ICC Under-19 World Cup at the JB Marks Oval in Pochefstroom, with the winners set to face the defending champions India in the final on Sunday. Despite not having the best round-robin results and creeping through to the playoffs, New Zealand will draw inspiration from their nail-biting two-wicket win against the Windies in the quarter-final, which saw the tail wagging with an 86-run unbeaten ninth-wicket partnership between Joey Field and Christian Clark, proving to be decisive in booking their semi-final spot. Bangladesh, in contrast to New Zealand, topped their group, which included Pakistan and Zimbabwe, before demolishing the host South Africa in the quarter-final. A lot will be expected from opening batsman Tanzit Hassan, who found the form he was looking for against South Africa with a fine 80, while the dangers of the left-arm spinner Rakibul Hassan has also been displayed in previous games. Bangladesh dare not be underestimated and pose a big threat to the Black Caps' hopes of reaching a final. New Zealand and Bangladesh do battle for a place in the ICC Under-19 World Cup final. The action is live on your World of Champions Supersport. Don't miss the fourth T20 in the Women's International Tri-Series as India take on England in Victoria. You can catch it live on your World of Champions. Defending MotoGP champion Marc Marquez was joined by his younger brother and new teammate Alex at Repsol Honda's launch for the 2020 season in Jakarta, Indonesia. The Spanish siblings helped unveil the livery for the 2020 bike, which does not stray far from the team's famous orange, red and petrol blue combination. Marc, who won his sixth Premier Class crown in the space of seven seasons last year, has been partnered with Alex after the youngest sibling won last season's Moto2 title. We are very happy to, to, be, to be here and uh, 
And uh, of course, I have the, the team presentation here in Indonesia is uh, really important for Honda and for us because uh, we know that uh, we have many, many fans and many supporters. And, uh, and yeah, looking forward to, to start the, the pre-season and also the season. And, uh, and yeah, at the moment, of course, uh, motivation is, uh, is really high because, uh, you know, uh, one more year we will try to, to fight for the, for the title. The MotoGP season is approaching with Doha hosting the first stop of the year. Watch the action from the opening round on Supersport. It's the clash we've all been waiting for. The match in Africa. Roger Federer against Rafael Nadal. It's live from the Cape Town Stadium on Supersport 1. You don't want to miss this one.